take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war So excited for today's show. Well, I'm not sure if excited is the right word. I guess maybe I will use the word bittersweet. Um, the bitterness comes in the fact that we have a real world situation going on, and it's an important topic that I think that we all need to be looking at and addressing. So while I wish we didn't have to talk about this topic, um, the sweet part comes with whom I get to talk about this with. Um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I felt there was a real shift in relationships over the last couple of years with the pandemic. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that God takes people out of your life when they need to be removed and that God brings people into your life when they need to be brought in. And God blessed me with an amazing woman. Her name is Amanda and came into my life really in kind of the, the peak, well, I guess early peak of kind of all of this pandemic madness where I was just feeling alone and isolated and unsure if what I was seeing was really what was happening and kind of losing some friends and not really having an outlet for conversation. And I found Amanda, we found each other or God put us together, which is kind of how I like to look at it. And she has been such a blessing in my life. She is a warrior. She is a patriot. She is a mom. She's a wife. She's a fighter. She's um, a business owner. She has, you know, a heart is as big as anyone, you know, that I need to have in my life. She is caring. She is loving. She's tender. And she has been so incredibly vocal over the last couple of years, um, you know, with her intentions being, hey, like, like wake up, we all have to wake up as a collective. And so I am thrilled to have Amanda on just to kind of talk about some of the stuff that we are seeing. And really what I want to emphasize in this conversation is that me being a nurse, I think sometimes it's really easy to put the medical spin on things and to look at it through that lens. And Amanda's not a medical professional. And yet she still has the capabilities, as we all should, of connecting dots and looking at, you know, correlation, causation, what has happened, um, an intervention that's been done, and then seeing kind of the myriad of similar stories that are taking place out there in the real world. And so we're just going to dive in. I am thrilled. So Amanda, thank you for, um, I guess, accepting this invitation to come on here and kind of get real and raw and um, talk with me, you know, today about, about all the stuff, all the things. So thank you so much. We're so good at talking about all the things together, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Yeah. This thank is a you so much for having me on, Beth. I really appreciate it. 
I'm I'm thrilled. I think that this is like it's it's one of our lunches or it's one of our dinners where we sit. Um, we maybe have to be a little bit more on our best behavior for you know our friends that are are tuning in, but that's okay. We can do it. We we are big girls. Um, but I just want to share. You know, Amanda and I discovered very quickly that we have a lot in common. In um, in addition to kind of our views on what's happening in the world, both starting at the pandemic and and now to present day but also some of the choices that we made with our children growing up. Um, I'm a mom, almost 13 year old boy, and I chose to abstain from the childhood vaccines. Amanda made that same choice um, with her daughter. So Amanda, just kind of share with me some of your like original thought processes. How did that discovery come about? What did that look like for you to make those decisions as a mom? Yeah. So my introduction to vaccine things in general was around 20 or 2002, 2003. I didn't even have my daughter yet. I wasn't even pregnant with her yet. I was invited to an online mom's board with a bunch of crunchy moms before crunchy was cool. Right. And I was invited by a mom friend that was local. She was pregnant with her first baby and she was exploring all of those talk topics. And she mentioned it to me one day at lunch and she was like, Hey, I'm learning all this new stuff. Do you want to come check it out? And so I accepted the invitation and met a ton of different moms that were talking about all the stuff I had never heard about before. I never even thought about vaccines before I'm fully vaccinated. My parents vaccinated all of our, all of us kids. Um, I thought it was something that you just did when you had a kid, you just took them to the pediatrician, gave them their shots, took them for a milkshake at Wendy's afterwards, right? As a thanks for not crying during the pediatrician appointment. And the interesting part of that whole experience was most of the moms that I met on that board were moms that were coming there after their children had experienced an adverse event after their jabs. And that really opened up my eyes. Most of the moms there were not moms that were like, quote, unquote, anti-vaxxers, but they were actually moms that were doing everyday life, normal moms um, that started noticing that when they were bringing their children in for these appointments, they were giving their kids shots and then something was happening. So it was everything from my child developed a food allergy to skin issues, constant ear infections, my kids always getting sick, um, to more severe things like a couple of moms had SIDS babies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, babies dying in their sleep, things like that. And so I was just like shocked. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I, I again, I'd never thought about that before. And so it really opened up my eyes. And at the same time, I met on that same board, a vaccine researcher who lived in New Zealand, and she had just written a book called Just a Little Prick with her husband, Peter, her name is Hillary Butler. And she was like, just so well-spoken. She had all this education. She was sharing all of this new information and I was intrigued. So I immediately bought her book and read it through three times and then started checking every library book I could out of the library 
everything from the baby book by Dr. Sears to the vaccine book by, or the vaccine guide by Randall Neustadler, anything. And it wasn't just people that were um, against vaccinating, but it was all different people from all different parts of the spectrum of people that said, do it, people that said, don't do it. And yeah, I just devoured whatever I could get my hands on at that point. So that was really my introduction into um, the whole vaccine talk or topic, really. And what I love about kind of that condensed version of your story is that I, I think one one thing that I find, and I don't know if you have found this also, but I think sometimes when we're having these sort of like mom to mom conversations, it either goes one of two ways, right? You either get kind of this immediate wall put up mm-hmm. of you're just a mom, you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know more than my pediatrician does, mm-hmm. or you sort of get this, hmm, that's that's interesting. We're both moms or you're going to be a mom one day, right? We're going to have that in common. We're going to want to do what is best for our children. Kind of tell me more. Let me lean in on this a little bit more. And I love your approach of being one of those people that not even being a mom yet, you knew that that bridge was coming. And Mm -hmm. so how do I kind of take, take stock in what these moms were saying as valid and as truth telling people, but also then balance it out with, well, maybe there is a medical person out there that can provide me with that kind of, you know, that quote unquote scientific um, knowledge. But I, I love that you took that approach. I think it's it's one that I always suggest to people, right? Don't just lean on, you know, the people that have had an experience, but talk to as many people as you can. But Um, I think it's really important to always go into those conversations of the mindset, like, Hey, everybody's story is valid. Every perspective is valid. I want to get as much information as I can and then apply that best to my own personal situation and, and where I think it's, it's going to be best applied in my life and, and, and with my children. Mm -hmm. So then when you did decide to become a mom or that that kind of came about, what then did that feel like to ultimately decide this was not how we were going to move forward with with our daughter? Uh, well, my husband and I, my husband at the time and I had to really, you know, consider that together. I think I was on a different page than he was at first. And then when we started really delving in and looking at um you know, all the research and all the books, but also all the inserts and things like that with all the side effects, we decided, you know what, this is not, this is not what's going to happen when we have a kid. It's not happening. So when I did get pregnant with Sydney, which was a little bit over a year later, we decided absolutely we were not going to, to vaccinate. And that did come with a little bit of a fight when I went to have her So I had her at a traditional, in a traditional hospital setting and we were assigned a pediatrician, right? After birth, I I was the mom that came in with like the five page birth plan. This is what's going to happen. This is what's not going to happen. Don't mess with me, mama bear. Right. And we were assigned a pediatrician in the hospital and it was a fight. Mm. Um, 
It really was. And I would say that if I had not armed myself with the knowledge over the year prior that I had, I may have given in because I just, I I knew I was so convicted that this was not, it was not a decision that I, I was going to sway on. It was not something I was going to give in on, but it definitely was a fight. Um, because I'm just going to be blunt. We were made to feel stupid for the decision that we made. And, um, we're not stupid people. (laughs) Yes. We're regular people. Yes. We're not doctors. We're not nurses, all of that, but we had done our homework and it is our child's life and our decision. And so, yeah, I mean, she, she has never had a job. She'll be 19 in May and I've never regretted my decision to not give her any vaccinations at all. Did you ever, you know, looking back at some of those conversations with those moms that you met kind of early on in your journey, did that ever come up in conversation? Like, I'm curious about that. Did they ever maybe warn you about like, gosh, you're, you're kind of in for a fight or was that maybe, I don't know. I think sometimes we take for granted that, that part of the conversation, especially I do now being almost 13 years into my decision and kind of feeling like. I want to arm these parents with knowledge and with power and, you know, be the advocates, not only for themselves, but for their kids. But I think maybe I leave that out a little bit. Do you ever recall having that conversation or, you know, mom's telling you like, Hey, you better be ready. Like this is going to be a battle for, you know, from day one on to, you know, forever. Yeah, we did have those kind of conversations. And I think that, having, I was really lucky that I had a group of women to go to that were on the same page that were fighting the good fight and making the best choices that we could for our children that we felt convicted on. A lot of people don't have that. So I was really lucky. I was really lucky to have that community. And I was really lucky to be introduced to those things before I had my daughter. Um, as far as doctors saying, you know, something to me, like you shouldn't listen to these people. I didn't really experience anything like that. I did experience when I would go in armed with, okay, uh, these are the jabs that your child needs to have. When I would ask, well, can I see an insert or anything like that? Then I would be met with, well, that's, you know, you just listen to me. I'm, I'm the one that knows what, what's best for your child. Uh-uh, that it didn't, it didn't fly with me. So um, I really feel like I'm a strong person. I'm definitely somebody who has those convictions and follows through with them, but the pressure is intense on parents when they take their children in for appointments. The pressure is intense when you have a baby, the pressure is intense to do things the way the establishment wants you to do them. And you really have to arm yourself and you really have to be grounded in those principles and those things that you believe in to go in and say, Hey, that may be what you think is okay, but I'm the mom, I'm the dad. And this is the decision that we've made for our child. Yeah. I love that. And I think for maybe the parents that are leaning in this decision, or they're starting to do their research, which I know a lot of parents after the last few years Mm -hmm. are kind of, um, you know, taking a second look at things moving forward, which is great. I love that. I also know a lot of new moms that are doing things differently. Um, 
But I have to wonder, you know, are, are we in a place where, you know, granted, does a pediatrician get into their into their business with ulterior motives? No, I think yeah. it takes a special person to take care of children. I know when I was going through my nursing rotation, I had a very hard time with my pediatric rotation because it weared like it, it was burdensome to my heart, right? To see these kids going through whatever it was, whether it be a tonsillectomy or, you know, cancer, I was not equipped with that. So I don't, I don't think that there is all of this kind of ulterior motive or subversive nature behind it. But I, I, I do know that their training is minimal on vaccines, you know, it's maybe a one or two day thing. Um, you know, I think that there is a lot of kind of hype around these self limiting diseases that we even vaccinate against. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that there's, it's maybe more so of a power struggle that I want parents to kind of realize, like, if, if you're going to be in a battle, there's really no other important battle to be in than one that's on behalf of your children. And I also think it's important to not to not have the viewpoint of, of a parent that has maybe chosen to vaccinate their children and your child is quote unquote fine, that mm -hmm. that some way discredits the parents that have had their child experience an adverse reaction, which I think is a huge, huge problem amongst just this overall conversation is this idea that, nope, my kid's fine. So that means that yours, that that's really a fabrication or that that didn't actually happen. The gaslighting is insane. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's exactly what it is, is gaslighting. If you're not familiar with gaslighting in any sort of like abusive situation, do yourself a favor and start looking at what gaslighting is. But yeah, that's it. And I've used this example before. I think I talked about it on a, on a past show of like, it would be the same thing if your kid has a peanut allergy and you send your kiddo over to my house and you're like, well, hey, you know, Billy's got a peanut allergy. And I say, well, my son doesn't have a peanut allergy. So I don't believe you that your that your child does. I need to see it. I'm going to give them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because I have to validate that for myself. It seems as though and I've talked about this before on, on the show is that the vaccine industry really falls into like its own little category where there can't be anything wrong with them. They don't cause it there's no adverse events. It's safe and effective. There's, you know, it, it is its own little entity. And I think that parents have had a really, really hard time going against that particular narrative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do. I think so too. And, you know, I think that I've seen a shift over the last couple of years too, with people asking more questions people being more interested in um, some of these topics that maybe they wouldn't have given the events of 2020 and on. Um, but yeah, we need to stop that. We need to have compassion for people that are speaking up and saying, hey, this happened to me or this happened to my child and stop with the gaslighting and stop with the shaming and realize if we're going to start screaming things like my body, my choice, then that really needs to come into play in every way. 
right? Mm-hmm. We need to be allowed to have differing opinions and listen to each other more. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that it, I think it is shifting and it makes me happy that it is shifting, but it is something that we obviously can do a lot more work on. Yeah, I agree. And Speaking of kind of that shift, um, both you and I have been incredibly outspoken over the last couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. Our social medias are always ablaze. And, um, you know, I, one thing that I find, and you might find this also is that while others may not feel empowered to be a voice, they might have some kind of things floating around in the back of their head that they want your opinion on. Mm -hmm. or they want your insight on. And I find a lot of people, I've made a lot of internet friends, as I I like to call them, you know, complete strangers that are, you know, sliding on into those DMs and saying, hey, I appreciate this, or what do you think about this? And, you know, going into the second half of this show, um, you know, you and I are going to talk about some of those really in, you know, unfortunate stories that people have been sharing with you and confiding in you um, with kind of about their personal journeys and things. But are you noticing that more and more people are maybe gaining a little bit of confidence in, in their vocalness or their ability to kind of have this more open conversation about it or share things, maybe kind of putting on their own personal armor. Um, Are are you seeing that in all, maybe in your small circle and then also in kind of your internet circle? Yeah. I think that when we maybe are trailblazers for Uh, whatever our audience looks like, right? If we have a small one or a large one and we're putting ourselves out there and being brave and courageous and speaking our truths, it allows other people to feel more confident and safe in their own space doing the same thing. It it, It just helps them. It lays the groundwork for people to do that. And I have seen that more. I have seen people speaking up more, Maybe not in the same loud way that I do or you do, but in their own little circle of, you know, just maybe a little comment or, hey, what do you think about this? Or maybe having a different conversation with somebody that they may not before or posting a funny meme that's, you know, a little bit more racier out there, right? Or spicy. Um, yeah, I've seen that a lot. It feels it feels really awesome to to have that and to have people doing that. Yeah. Now here's the million dollar question. Yeah. Have you had anyone in your life come back and say, I wish I would have listened? Oh, still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Still waiting. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm not expecting that, honestly. Um, I hope that the things that I've said maybe resonate a bit. It breaks my heart that I've seen people go through the things they've gone through that we were talking about in 2020, 2021. Um, But everyone has their own path and their own journey, right? And all we can do is control what what comes out of our mouth and what we're sharing with the world and hope that it sticks. Yeah. So not yet, maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on that note, as we kind of head into break here, you know, something I think that often 
happens or maybe is the perception, especially from a a social media standpoint, right? We get the trolls and we get the keyboard warriors and we get the, you know, people that can say whatever they want because they're, they're protected in that way. I think that there's this, this somehow correlation that if you are adamant about your position, if you've been screaming about these things for the last couple of years, if you are, you know, posting those spicy memes that probably ring a thousand percent true and they're factual, that you somehow lack compassion, that you somehow have never experienced um, trauma or heartache or hardship or death, maybe even. And that is, it couldn't be further from the truth. Folks like myself, people like Amanda, whose hearts And our intent is to never see anything bad happen to anyone. Just like I spoke about on a previous show. I don't want anyone to get COVID, right? Like I I wouldn't want anyone to suffer with that or go through what that particular process may look like for them being in the hospital or what that may look like for their families. But conversely to that, I feel pretty confident in what I've shared about the vaccine, the industry in and of itself, things that we know um, exist based off of those manufacturers' inserts. Um, so, you know, they're not really equal in in my viewpoint, right? Like one, again, is a self-limiting disease and one is an experimental injection that we have absolutely no idea what's coming down the road. And we had an idea a couple of years ago, we've been screaming about it, and our hearts are in the right place, whether or not, you know, the message is all rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes you can't get the message across with rainbows and butterflies. We're at a, we're at a place now where it almost needs to sting, I feel like. And that, that is in no way, shape or form being a person. I will never say, I told you so. I just won't. That's not my intention. It it is, it's almost a no better, do better. Okay. I want to hold your hand. Let's figure out how to move forward. Keep reading, keep educating, keep learning. But I just kind of wanted to throw that out there as we segue into um, our second half of the show. I am going to step away and take a little break. And when we come back, Amanda and I are going to dive in on some of the Uh, really heartfelt stories and things that she's been receiving from both, um, you know, friends, family and strangers. So you are listening to Nurse Beth. That's me. This is Nurses Out Loud. And we are on America Out Loud. We'll be right back. It's time and this is world. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. say about maybe a month or six weeks ago, Amanda took it upon herself after seeing all the things, right? Everything that's kind of happening in the real world of what we can now make pretty safe correlations are people having some really significant adverse events to um, this experimental injection, the mRNA um, jabs. And she took it upon herself to put into her Instagram story, just like an open invitation. Hey, if you know someone, if you yourself have had um, what you think is an adverse reaction, like send your story my way. I'm not only curious, but I am vocal enough and I will be your voice because again, there's still some shame surrounding this. There's still a lot of people denying it. And that is a really horrible place to be if you know you know, in your heart of hearts that, that this was a one-to-one -one correlation for your body. So Amanda received so many of these that, um, she decided then to, to, to take it one step further and put together just like a little questionnaire that she emailed to folks and to get maybe a little bit more of the backstory, find out, um, a little bit about their health prior to, cause I think that is always something that's important is to look at maybe whether or not you had any pre-existing conditions or things like that. So luckily, well, not luckily, I mean, it's terrible to say luckily, but, um, you know, Amanda received these kind of this outpouring, um, so that she could be the voice to these people. So we're just going to talk about this. And I would really encourage you to listen with an open heart, listen with open ears. Um, think about if you know anyone in your circle that this sounds familiar, because I think it's going to sound familiar, independent of the things that we're seeing reported in the news. Again, that kind of six degrees of separation, I think we're less than six degrees at this juncture. So Amanda, just kind of tell me a little bit about what you asked um, on that questionnaire, um, and then we can kind of dive in and you can share some of these, these stories with us. Yeah, so it was really important to me to try to be a voice for some of the people that are 
having other people tell them that, no, that has nothing to do with your job or they're getting gaslighted or shamed for what they did, the decision they made to get a job and then had an adverse event or really just people that don't believe that adverse events exist. And so I had no idea that the response was going to be what it was, but there were some really courageous and brave people. They came forward and wanted to share their stories. Some were more in depth than others. Some people just gave me like a couple sentences. And so I'll just share some of the things that I got. The questionnaire that I sent out, you know, it was like your age, which company, which job company did you have the job from? You know, when did you experience the adverse event or your loved one experience it? Um, what has happened since then? And what are the long-term repercussions of that for you or your loved one? Mm. So I can just go through and share a few, like I said, some of them are very brief and some of them, you know, people were willing to share a little bit more information. So yeah. I mean, share, I'll probably knowing me, I'll, I'll be kind of curious and I'll, okay. I'll, I'll maybe interrupt or we might want to stop after we talk about um, a couple um, just to kind of dive in on maybe what we think is happening or um, you know, so yeah, but, but just, just go ahead and start this. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And start. Uh, so one of the people that contacted me, their father-in-law passed out immediately after the Johnson and Johnson vaccine he was an older gentleman and he did have some health issues, but nothing extraordinary, she said. And um, after every job that he got, he immediately passed out. It took him days to recover after each one. And after his first booster, he stopped getting jabbed. He was scared. So, yeah. So he went ahead and got, so, so. From my recollection, the J&J was only supposed to be a one doser, right? I think that that's what set it apart. Yeah. And then maybe they added more on. Um, I'm, I'm sure revenue started to become a factor looking at, you know, the other companies and what they were doing uh, with secondary and, you know, three, four, however many you want to get after that. But very, very interesting. Um, unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't say whether or not he had gotten the J&J and then went and got a different second one. So that is also mm -hmm. something that could have happened. She was not the only thing that she said was the J&J was the first job that he got, but he did receive a second and then received a booster. And I will tell you, I've I've heard from other people that they've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this, this sort of cocktail of injections mm -hmm. that they're getting. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this whole push for the booster has kind of, again, scared people into thinking, oh, well, I got the J&J, &J, which is only one, which means that it's not as effective. And so now I need to kind of like keep loading up and loading up. But that's a whole, I mean, that's for a whole nother show, right? Like, the, the mechanisms of action, the, the independent like ingredients of these things, this literally this cocktail of stuff going in your body. If you have to think about this, so let's just, let's just throw this question out there. We don't know what the ingredients of one brand do to your body. We have yeah. no long-term studies. We have 
um, nothing to tell us what is actually happening in our body from one injection, Mm -hmm. let alone I can guarantee, well, I can't guarantee, I will say I am of the opinion that J and J didn't go to Pfizer and say, Hey, we should probably do a study on if they get the J and J first and then the Pfizer second. And what happens if those things happen? Mm-hmm. I don't really think that's happening. So just sort of another kind of like avalanche of thoughts that come into my brain when I hear that people went and got, you know, multiple doses of varying things. Yeah. So kind of terrifying. Kind of, yeah, kind of a lot, kind of a lot terrifying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sorry, I went down that, that little, uh, side tangent, which I sometimes have a tendency to do, but yeah. All right. So let's, let's hear another, another story. All right. So the next one was a mother-in-law. She did not give information on which company was used, but she's 58 years old. She had facial paralysis that began two weeks after her first jab, followed by a dripping eye So she said that her one eye would just constantly stream, almost like she was crying Mm. and then was diagnosed with melanoma twice the exact same year. She did not get any jobs after that first job. That was her one and only. And those were her adverse events that she was linking to that first job. Very interesting. So I think very early on, we were hearing about Bell's palsy, Mm -hmm. um, which is a a facial droop, kind of like a one-sided facial um, paralysis. So that to me is okay. That's, that's a, that's a strong correlation. I have heard dozens, uh, dozens and dozens of stories of first diagnosed cancers in people that are healthy otherwise, also resurgences of cancers uh, that have been, um, you know, in remission for however long, Um, which again, I think is unfortunately for my scientific brain, it's interesting. It's, it's a sad thing to be interested in or to kind of start putting those, those pieces together in my brain. But I, I, you can probably agree, Amanda, that that's not the first tale of a post-jab cancer diagnosis um, that you've heard of. So many. It's heartbreaking. So the next one was a young lady who is a mom. She did not share with me which company that she, you know, which manufacturer she had after her first jab, three strokes, Um, It affected the cerebellum part of her brain, which affects coordination and balance. She has found a doctor that she had one jab, mind you, three strokes, perfectly healthy before. Um, She's now on a permanent loop recorder, which was, you know, placed to monitor her heart. She did find a doctor that did link her adverse event to her jab, which is incredible, incredible, and is helping her. And she said that she will be on meds for the rest of her life. 31 years old, 31 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, again, if we're going to look at this 
through my my medical eyes and then we're gonna look at it through amanda's non-medical eyes but we're human and we're people and we're out in the world and we all have friends and family in my what was almost my 15 year nursing career now granted i didn't work on a stroke unit per se but in taking care of however many hundreds of patients i'd taken care of I don't ever recall taking care of a 31 year old that had a history of strokes. Mm-hmm. We can start there, right? Mm-hmm. Like these things are so new. MIs in young people, um, you know, outside of congenital things, right? Mm-hmm. Things that you're born with. Um, obviously, those things we know about. But Amanda, from your kind of non-medical perspective, but just real world experience. Do you ever recall talking to people or hearing friends be like, oh, my, my son's, you know, daughter or whatever, who's in their thirties or forties, just had a stroke or just had a heart attack. Like, is this, has this ever been in our existence that you can recall? I mean, few and far between, Mm -hmm. like just such a rarity. And way outside the bell curve. Oh, completely. Way outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Never mind the number of people coming forward or even, you know, veyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things reported that are just in people that are so young. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you read the news reports everywhere, people dying suddenly, all the different strokes, myocarditis, all the different things just suddenly happening, poof, out of the blue, right? And yeah, never, I I mean, I'll be 47 this year, right? So I've lived, you know, a decent amount of life and yeah, never really seen something like this before. Mm -hmm. And it is very, very interesting to me, again, um, the ages of people mm-hmm. and and like you said for this particular young woman who's now going to be on medication for the rest of her life mm-hmm. 31 right like you're going to be 47 i'm 41 like I, I have a lot of life left you have a lot of life left at 31 she has so much life left mm-hmm. and to be on medications and to have that loop recorder Um, If you're not familiar with what a loop recorder is, you know, Google it, but it's a little implanted device that goes into your chest um, to kind of monitor your heart's um, electrical activity. Um, But I mean, again, I just, it's, it's un, it's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. And I will just, again, down a little, a little side trail. I think I'm at the point now where my frustration comes in that people still have the audacity to be potentially upset with you and I for having this conversation versus the people that did this. Yes. Yes. I actually posted about that the other day. I'm like, we're not the criminals here. We're just regular people talking and, and trying to figure out what has happened here. This is like the biggest crime against humanity, in my opinion, And instead of fighting with each other, like the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed, or why did you do not do this or do this? Why aren't we upset with the people that put this on us and, and, you know, all these fear tactics and the gaslighting and the shame and the, here's a beer and a, 
you know, strip club and you get a vaccination right. and it's like all these different things that we were all a part of. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of us took it and some of us didn't. And that's a whole nother, you know, ball of wax, but why are we not focusing our attention now with all these people coming forward saying I was injured by this at the people that did this to us as a collective? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I would take that question and that kind of conversation piece with with a couple of viewpoints on it. I think there's still a really, and this goes back to our the very beginning of our conversation, there are a lot of people that are still in denial. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that nothing happened to them. They are maybe refusing to make a correlation with someone in their family because that is gut-wrenching. Horrible. That sort of like throat punch of uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason you took it, whether it was you thought you were doing the right thing because that's what you had been told is that it was going to keep you safe and it was going to keep people around you safe. Okay. Whether you were backed into a corner with your employer, whether you had your 50th wedding anniversary cruise already booked and you know, you weren't going to be out the $15,000 that you, I, I am, I am not judging anyone's decision or what compelled you to do it. Mm-hmm. But that can't, it, it's almost like people are digging their heels in more now that all of this stuff is coming out. And perhaps it's because I don't, I don't know. I can only imagine that maybe that's got to feel a little scary Absolutely. Of not of not knowing maybe what's happening in your body or is there any way to reverse this or can I detox from this or am I, is something going to happen to me? That has to be terrifying. And that eats that eats at my insides. That is literally like the compelling notion in what I wish I could have prevented in one person, right? Like if, if, if I could have just said, but, 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 but wait, like, hold on. What if, like, what if, okay. And, 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 but we're here now. Right. So I think that that is still just because so many people are really, really hesitant to acknowledge that there is an issue. Mm -hmm. If, however, you are someone, and I was actually thinking about this this morning, um, if you are someone that maybe feels betrayed, if you feel lied to, if you took it and then you still got COVID, so Mm -hmm. clearly it didn't do its job. Um, If you were fired, um, maybe because you didn't get the booster, but you got the initial series, like whatever, if you are now somebody that chose to get one, two, three, however many, and now you're choosing not to participate it anymore, you're having a little bit of, okay, I can see maybe a little bit of what's happening here. My call to action for those people would be this, because now here's what's happened in our healthcare system. They have now developed ICD-9 codes for your medical record, if you have abstained from the COVID poke. So on your medical record now, they can track you in essence, if you have not participated in this. So my call to action for those people that are as frustrated as Amanda and I are, and you took it, refuse to answer the question. Refuse. 
It doesn't, it, it doesn't have anything to do with probably the reason why you're going to the emergency room or you're seeing your primary care physician. Refuse to answer the question. Leave it blank. Join hands with us now that we are moving forward and we are hopefully banding together to be not against one another, but against the people that have done this and just refuse refuse to answer the question. Let's all leave that spot blank on our medical records. Um, unless I will, I will say this as a caveat, unless you report to the hospital with something that you think is an adverse event caused by it. It's a, it's a very, very fine line that we're at now. And we have to be aware that there are enough things happening to people that if you're experiencing something yourself and you go to the emergency room, there should be very specific tests that you're asking for. Um, you know, there should be a conversation had and that's going to take a lot of courage on your part. That's going to take, you know, feeling very empowered and putting your big girl or boy pants on and kind of not taking no for an answer and trusting your instincts and trusting your body and, and connecting some dots um, and having those tough conversations. So sorry for that again, little like segue, but I think, you know, we're here now we're, mm -hmm. we're here now. So um, yeah, that's, so yeah. that's great information. I didn't even know that that was something that was happening. So I just learned something <laughs> new there too. Oh, so thank you for that. Yeah. Little, little ICD nine codes that sneak up on your chart. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was still working, we, there even was like ICD nine cones for somebody that was quote unquote, non-compliant. Can you imagine the misuse of that diagnosis? Oh, no. Like I probably I, have so many of those on my chart. <laughs> I that's all my chart probably says. Right? My chart non-compliant. Yeah. Exam. First and last name, non-compliant, non-compliant, date of birth, like, and then it's just a red X on the front. Like that's yep. that's just all it is. Yeah. Well, Amanda, what else? What other kind of um, you know, tales have you have you received? Yeah, so I can just breeze through a few of these because yeah. I don't I have that much information. So uh, the same woman that I just shared her story, her husband's boss had an adverse event after his booster. And I, I don't know which, you know, company it was and had to relearn basic skills like walking and those, I, those things, you know, our basic everyday things that we do at age 58. Did they attribute it to a stroke or just a neurological she did not say. Okay. Yeah, she okay. didn't say, but it did happen right after the booster. Mm -hmm. uh, another follow father-in-law of a follower had a heart attack immediately after his booster and had a stint put in. A uh, best friend of the same follower died the day after his Moderna jab. Uh, that person had two people. Yes. I, there was multiple stories that were sent in from like the same followers. I mean, I could, I could sit here for hours and tell you the things. So, you know, I'm trying to condense, but yeah, there was, there were a lot of people that came to me with many stories of lots of different people that they knew or, you know, a friend and then a, a relative. And then these people, these, you know, random people that they knew from their work or whatever it was, it wasn't just like one person. A lot of, a lot of the stories were multiples, which is just horrifying. Um, it's horrifying. It, yeah. it really, 
It really is horrifying. And this, and I guess even too, the sad part is, is that that's such a slap in the face. That's such a wake up call. Mm-hmm. That's not like, I don't even want people to experience that kind of wake up call. Like I would like it to be the slow wake up of like your mom rubbing your back awake, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a little faster than that, but not like the one, two punch of just Mm -hmm. like absolute, like turn the lights on and you know, it's lights and sirens kind of wake up. All within such a short period of time too. It's not Mm -hmm. like a slow drip, right? It's like, Oh, all of this stuff is happening now. Like so quickly. Mm -hmm. It's just, how you can't connect the dots at this point is just beyond me because there's so many people coming forward. Um, another, the same follower that I just shared the two, she had another one. She said that she knows three people that got myocarditis after their jabs. So she sent me three different stories. Um, one of my followers, their stepdad fell off a ladder and broke his, broke a rib due to a blood clot in his leg. A few weeks after his jab, his doctor told him not to get a second jab. After that, he died months later from cancer. One jab. Do we know if that was a pre-existing cancer? That was a new cancer. She did not say. Didn't say. Okay. Mm Okay. Um, same follower has a good friend who was only 32 when he had his first jab. She did not say which one. And he died two days later. Oh. So like I said, multiple stories here within the emails. It's not just like, I know this person from, you know, high school 30 years ago. It's like multiple things happening in, in all these people's lives. And I think all of us know somewhat. I mean, I do. I have family members that took it. I have a family member and I'm not going to share this family member's story because I was not given permission, but who had an adverse event that ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's at this point, we're seeing this so much. I mean, and a lot of these people, like, I don't know what their stance was before all of this, you know, I don't know if they were like you and I, where we didn't, they didn't vaccinate their children. They've been on the up and up with, you know, the the adverse events or the side effects or all of that for years, or if they were, if this was their wake up call, I don't know. Um, But so many stories were sent in from all different types of people. Um, You know, some people I know, some people are just followers heart issues, blood clots, paralysis, tremors. I mean, you name it. I could keep going, like I said, on and on and on. We don't have that much time, but it's just, it's heartbreaking at this point. And what's even harder for me, and yes, we've been screaming about this, right? For years, please don't do this. Please, you know, get some more information, arm yourself. You know, this has never happened for, you know, this is like uncharted territory, but now the same people that went and complied for whatever reason that they complied, right? It is irrelevant at this point are having these things happen to them or to people that they know. And they're getting told that their stories aren't real or they're not relevant or they're making it up, Mm -hmm. which is horrifying. And yeah, it just breaks my heart. It just, it really breaks my heart. And as much as I was screaming about people, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this. And lost like so many people in my life, right. For my, Mm -hmm. my views, 
that were not along the lines of what everybody was, you know, they, they told you to do, right? Walk on the arrows, wear the masks, get the vaccine, whatever. Regardless, these are real people with real stories and they deserve to be heard and respected and cared for. And they deserve compassion because they're going through real things, hard things. And some of those things will be with them for the rest of their life. Yep. So it's just, it's so important for us to talk about this. It's so important. And I am eternally grateful uh, to you, not only for being in my life, but for being an example of, you know, being a warrior mama and, you know, not taking nothing from nobody and, you know, not, not standing down, not once. I mean, I, I look back and think about how many times we met for lunch, like during COVID and we literally either like wouldn't go into some place because of our, because masks or that one time, remember we went to that restaurant and they were like, Oh, well, if you want a table, you have to put the mask on and walk to the back. And we were like, well, can we just sit at the bar? And we literally took two steps over and just sat at the bar. I mean, just yeah. the lunacy of it all. Right. Yeah, but I appreciate you. Um, I love your heart. I love your wisdom. I love the fact that you have, you know, this shoulder for people and these ears of compassion to listen to people who are brave enough to share their stories and to come forward. And I really think it's important that we lean on the people who feel powerful enough. Like we will speak on your behalf. And it doesn't take a nurse. It doesn't take a doctor. It doesn't take someone in the medical profession um, to do that. We all have that ability. We all have that power. And it's really, really important that we all do that. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for coming on here and for being you and for taking this time with me today. I adore you. Welcome. I love you. That is all the time that we have for today. Uh, but remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Beth, and you can find me here every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share these stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and